Not me, I've got Elton John. Yes, I knew that. I could just feel the Elton John, man. It's incredible. Well, maybe your kind can. Hey, three quarters, folks. <laughs> I got a radar for it. In fact, they may no. call it a gaydar. No, you don't need gaydar for Elton. That, 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 you're right. You feel the energy when he sings. You know, Sam Smith could have been our Elton John. That's what I was saying a couple of episodes ago. It's crazy how he missed that, that you know, opportunity. You could have been the guy who the dirty, shit-covered plumber driving home in a work van is, like, secretly, like, you know, shaking his shoulders, too. And, you know, like, Elton John makes you want to dance, even if you're a straight man. The music translates no matter who you are. You can really just enjoy Elton John. And he sang about, like, back then, gay men, him, uh, Queen, like, they, Freddie they, Mercury. Would sing, they would sing about shit that was, like, I don't know, like, even if you're loving a dude, we could still relate to the feelings. You know what I mean? But you don't have to come out dressed as a devil twerking on a tranny. Right. Well, love used to be a universal concept, which is funny. You know, the original BLT sandwich movement, when it was just the the G's, the L's, and the B's, <clears throat> you know, they... uh. Their pride movement originally was all about just people accepting them loving each other and then like getting married, right? Wasn't that the whole thing? Yeah, they wanted the rights to have a, to be just like everybody else. So f- look how far we have come since that point, man. Uh, you know, and Elton was just out there singing about love, man, because it was universal. Well, that's because I truly do believe the worst thing that could ever happen to progressives is they get what they want. Oh, wow. Because once they get what they want, well, now they got to find something else to fight for because I keep wanting to, I have to progress. We need more. (laughs) I need more. What's the the statement they always make whenever there's a racial thing or a a tranny thing or with the queer uh, groups or anything? They always say uh, there's more work to be done. (laughs) Oh, remember that was the line after Obama got elected. Was it really? Yeah, I remember everybody saying that. Like, literally, it's just, like, put me back in time. Because everybody, you know, this does does mean we've come a long way with racism in America. But there's still a a lot of work to be done. And they were right, because at that time, we still had... White male leads uh, in the MCU and in most commercials. So the work to be done was we have to eliminate all white men who are leading <laughs> any role in any commercial or any movie. Then the work shall be completed. Well, no, the problem was back then we were at a point where everybody was kind of, they kind of just stopped seeing race. And so by work to be done, they meant we need to go back to a time where all we see is race. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, no, no. You are your race. And then you're either good or bad, depending on your race. And we're white, we're bad. Right. They're black, they're good. Yes. Wow, you man. Know? You just blew my mind, actually. That's, that is what it became, though. <laughs> See, we progressed from a culture that was uh, segregated. We progressed all the way to a culture that is now segregated. Segregated, yeah. <laughs> we, we got to a point where nobody saw race, you know? And then we went back to, uh, no, it's the only thing that, really the only thing that, that matters. 
Yeah, man, it's crazy, and it became. A I mean, problem. look at is our our vice president. Oh, did she go to a great law school? I don't know. I don't care. Well, did she get good degrees? I don't know. I don't care. Well, does she know about the Constitution? Who cares? All that matters is that she's black. And we we're such goldfish in thinking like, oh, we come from times where they, you know, you had to have the white guy involved, except for that million multi million dollar rush hour franchise starring a Chinese guy and a black guy. <laughs> black guy, yeah, there was right? no white people. <laughs> except for that. Except for that. Don't don't think about that. Or anything Jackie Chan did. Or you know yeah. don't look at that. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. We come from a culture and a society who never gave minorities the chance to be the leads in their movies, right? Oh, so racist. Don't you remember Naked Gun? Oh, not Naked Gun. I always confuse it with the other one. That was the real one. Lethal Weapon? Remember Lethal Weapon? Just two white cops. I'm getting too old for this shit. (laughs) One of Don (laughs) Cheadle's best roles. I was just thinking too. How like we had a Blade franchise. Like Wesley Snipes was the star of a you know three movie franchise. And uh, yeah, I think they, I, I I really think I dressed up as Blade for Halloween <laughs> one year, and I was like a little white kid from the suburbs, <laughs> dressing up as Wesley Snipes. No blackface though. No, no, you couldn't couldn't do that back then. Um, yeah, I had a friend who dressed as Coolio one year for Halloween. <laughs> Coolio. No way he did that without being, like, offensive to nowadays people. He was our one white friend who always listened to hip-hop, if I recall. So he was, like, kind of... You remember back in the 90s, you had the hip-hop listening white dudes who dressed and... Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to say it, but we'll we'll let that be. That was like the birth of the Wigger was the 90s. It was, yeah. It was the Vanilla Ice guys. And we were so close. I mean, we had the baggy jeans. The Jankos. We were... The Jankos. And all jeans. Jeans were just all very baggy. But our Jankos were hiding our rollerblades. (laughs) That's right. Not our razor blades. You know what I'm saying? Oh... (laughs) We're continuing down this white supremacist pathway. This is a white supremacist yeah. episode. <laughs> the dude white man's apprentice show. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, we were rocking. We were rocking the Jenkos and uh, the Vans. I went and did some shopping again uh, yesterday. We did last minute shopping to uh, do some finalized uh, uh, stuff. Uh, the mall, man, jam packed. It was outrageous. I've never seen that many people uh, in the mall, and I don't do a lot of mall time, anyways. But uh, dude, this is like the second episode you talked about the mall. I I don't even think I've seen a mall in years. We have a mall, like it's a giant indoor mall. It's it's huge, and um, it's got everything. It's just like all. I the- mean, we we have a mall in Chicago Ridge. I think that's the last one I was at. I, I think it's just owned by the Crips at this point. Yeah, well, not. <laughs> Colorado, you got the high elevation with the sickle cell or whatever it is. They can't handle like our mall. You can go there, but you better be wearing red. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like that here. At least I don't think so. No, we had um, 
we had a wild time in there. It, our mall is huge. It's the same way you remember all the malls being. You got the food court in the middle. There's the Annie's pretzel shop and the Charlie's cheesesteak mm. joint. You got the Sparrow. Oh, I love Charlie's, yeah. dude. Oh, dude, I it's all Charlie's there. It is all there, man. It's incredible when you walk through it. You just blast through time. Spencer's, man. We bought a couple mm. mugs from Spencer's. Uh, just, uh, you know, it. who doesn't love going through Spencer's? Come on, man. Yeah, I got- can I tell you about that Charlie's cheesesteak, though? Lay it on me. So I was talking to a girl who uh, she used to she used to work there, not like a long time ago. We we're talking like yeah. oh. 20, 30 she, years ago. <laughs> no, no, she. What's up? Yeah, yeah, twenty years ago, right? No, no, she worked there like uh, she's young. She's like twenty five or something, twenty six. So she worked there when she was in college, like a few years back. All right. And uh, but she was talking <laughs> anyway. She was talking about it. And I was like, oh, I love Charlie's. And she goes, you get the three cheese bacon? Wow. Yeah. Oh. I, was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. It was really crazy because it's exactly what I get. I think you have to marry this woman. And then, no. And then, she, and then she went on a whole rant about how the worst part about working there was People would walk up to the register, and she already knew what they wanted and would already type it into the computer, but would have to sit there and, like, answer questions and, like, watch them for five minutes as they decide, and they would order what she had already put into the computer. Wow. (laughs) That's impressive. And I was like, holy shit, I'm definitely one of those assholes that you just know what I want. No, so I've worked in many food places um i've worked in bars and also in you know like fast casual joints and mall type situations um you know there's areas where you get people who are there every day or often enough and you've worked there long enough where you know their habit or their routine and not only that though uh for instance i worked at a salad place where you made various salads right and uh, you could make your own, or which would end up costing you like $35. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, is. nobody yes. knows what they're doing, but it, it, it would blow their minds. And, uh, or you get one of the pre-made salad ideas, and you'd get people walking in, and you would be able to predict the Caesar guy and the, uh, the chick who's getting the one with all the fruit in it. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you, You'd always know. You could just see it on their faces. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. my argument to her. Dude, Charlie's has like six choices. <laughs> right. So what do you, you know, obviously. Yeah, but I mean. This, so what salad do you think I'm picking? You? Yeah. You'd probably get the, uh, you're the Caesar guy. You get the chicken in there or the steak. <laughs> chicken Caesar salad. Nailed it. I'm going to give you this one. <laughs> give me this one. If you had a bunch of pre-made salads, I'm probably going to go with the chicken Caesar. It's just, uh, it was a dude salad, though. The Caesar's a dude salad, especially the chicken. You know, it's just a dude So that's one thing I wish women would understand. (laughs) As a man, there are things that I might like and I might want to try, but will never try because of fear of being considered gay. Well, I'll tell you, too, when Emma and I go out, like, I'll order something, and I get the nod, like, they knew I was going to order it. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you're in a place, and it's like, the man is no doubt going to get either the sliders or the Philly cheesesteak. There's no other options on here. He's not getting the chicken tenders. You know what I mean? Like, no, but, no, but listen, listen, I'm a man, but I'm also human. 
Sometimes I drank a little too much before the night before. Sometimes <laughs> I got a little upset stomach. So I walk into the place. Maybe I'm going to get the salad. Oh. Then there's a hot girl at the counter. Oh, yeah. I can't be the f that orders a salad. <laughs> this girl's hot. I don't want to be married. Oh, give me the, uh, what's that? Sausage beef combo. Hot peppers, baby. <laughs> Put some extra cheese on it. I'm a real man. <laughs> Large Coke, not diet. I'll take the Cobb salad, vinaigrette, and a side tampon, please. Thank you, man. <laughs> Does that come with the maxi pad? Because I'm more of a pad girl. Yeah. That's usually what it feels uh, like, dude. Yeah, you're right. You can't... Some, well, I'll tell like, you that's what. That's something women will never understand. Like, it might not even be the girl. Like, there, there might just be a hot girl behind me in line at Pertillo. It's not. It could not yeah. even be a girl, though. You could be in, like, a bar. Or, uh, like, a bar-like kind Good of place. Call. And there's just a bunch of other dudes. Well, it could be the dude bartender. What do you want, buddy? And you can be like, man, I could really go for a salad. But there's no way you can order a salad with this guy. He's gonna... I'm pretty sure he's gonna take me out back, fuck me in the ass if I order a salad. <laughs> I'm the bitch at that point. Jesus Christ. Give me the steak. That's what I'm saying. You're, you're immediately like, uh, uh, burger, American, raw. <laughs> Double, bacon. <Yeah. laughs> I want it mooing when it comes out here. <laughs> I want blood dripping down my chin, buddy. Now you're cum. That cow's blood. Follow it up with a shot of whiskey, bro. All right. <laughs> oh, great call. Like, I would love to, you know. <clears throat> one of the best part about having a girlfriend is you go to the bar and you're like, yeah, I'll take two Vegas bombs. You know how the girlfriend is. Yeah, I love right. Vegas bombs, but I can't order them by myself. Oh, I look like a yeah, Secretly, it's delicious, but I can't admit it's that. Very good. <laughs> lemon drops. I can't go to the bar to give me a lemon drop. You know what I mean? Uh, give me two lemon drops. You know the woman. <laughs> I don't want one, but I want to make it easy on you, so just give me two. Yeah, no, I don't want to order a separate drink. You get, yeah, you just say chicks. You know what I'm saying, man? Oh, yeah. yeah two lemon drops. Um, uh, Fucking lemon drop, one of the best. <laughs> that's one of the best shots out there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't do the sugary. Uh, I'm either tequila or whiskey. I like tequila because uh, tequila is an up. Uh, like, it's, it's an upper. You know, it has the... Um, I don't know what, it's not, you know, I, I think uh, when it comes to the whiskeys and the other stuff, they're more of a, a downer alcohol, whereas you so, actually so problem, get some stimulation from the tequila. The problem with the tequila is you have to have women around. Other, like, that's where you get the drunk guy who's, like, hanging out. you like, you know, man, I really love you, bro. Oh, you <laughs> You've do, always yeah. been there for me. Start loving. You know what I mean? Because it's like an emotional, like, you're right, upbeat, you know. It's a good call. Whiskey's like a fighting drunk. Whiskey's fighting, drinking. Yes, absolutely. So you want uh when you're on the tequila, you're you're upbeat, you're having a good time. Again, I do believe it's a stimulant versus the other alcohols, which are depressants, and I I think it's because of how you you know distill tequila, right? Because of the agave. I think so. Or the worm? Isn't there a worm? Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Am That's I making that up? Stilling process. <laughs> no, some of them have a worm, but not all of them. Like, dude, I know you're not drinking this shit with a worm. You're a fucking white kid from, <laughs> from Boulder. Or, what uh, happened? Wasn't that a big thing? Or, like, they can't not. sell the worm tequila here because you can, like, hallucinate from eating the worm? That was the white guy thing in Chicago growing up was, like, real Mexican tequila had a worm. And if you ate the worm, you'd hallucinate. Did really, he... you're just the asshole that ate the worm. <laughs> 
And then you probably get sick and you're puking and you think you're hallucinating, but you're just going through like a horrible hangover. Well, no, it's just the guy who dr- eats the worm is the drunkest guy. Yeah, well, it's just like it's just like the guy who <laughs> drinks the bong water. No, it doesn't get you higher. You're just already the highest guy. That's why you drink the bong Dude, water. Drinking the bong water. <laughs> who does anyone still drink the bong water out there? Dude, you know, you remember there was always the one guy, and it would be like it's John. John loves drinking the bong water, and then he would chug the bong water. It was like his thing for some reason. Yeah, you're talking about Frank. Frank used to drink the bong water. <laughs> I turned out all right. <laughs> uh, my, you me know and, there's still guys I recall me and my boner idiot friends at one point like filling a bong with like vodka and then drinking the vodka bong water, thinking we were like one-upping uh, our high and drunkness to the next level, right? That's the worst. Dude, have you done the vodka bong? It's like, it's like you get those like... No, you vapors. can't breathe. Yeah, you're getting the booze yeah, vapors. It's, it's a like terrible idea. Esophagus. No, it's horrible idea. But <laughs> when you're when you're young, you know, you're smoking weed any way you can think of that, you know, first of all, the weed you're smoking, probably half catnip to begin with. You know what I'm saying? So you're kind of like <laughs> yeah. you're experimenting with all these other wacky ways to get a little higher than usual. Yeah. What was that fruit spray they used to spray on the weed? <laughs> you get like this like brown weed from Mexico to be like it's like blueberry bro and it would smell like there was a fucking blueberry <laughs> like a like a blueberry sm- jolly rancher we smoked some shitty weed back in the day now i i go out specifically i buy the green dot here in colorado sometimes i'll dip into the 710 i love the green dot it's uh the specialized weed they they put it in these nice glass containers you had some when you were out here very good, um, very good. they, they really smell it taste oh, it oh they go really for good. it man you're paying it's a little like a connoisseur weed it's a premium yeah. no doubt but it's the way to go uh the other stuff is trash and the reason i go for the premium is because uh i remember the shit I used to get when I was younger back in Chicago, and you're just down there, like, breaking it all up, getting the stems and the seeds out, and it was just the worst oh, weed. Yeah. Like, it came, it was basically tobacco. Uh, dude, I was, like, the champ because I would wear my hoodie with the, with the kangaroo pocket, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and I used to be able to get, I used to be able to separate the seeds from the stems. The seeds and the stems from the weed inside the bag in my pocket without touching the weed wow. it would be in my pocket and so we, we would be like walking and i would just be like talking and walking and in my pocket i'd be like separating the seeds <laughs> and the stems and then, and then we would like get to windsor park you know and i'd yeah. and it'd be ready to roll up a blunt <laughs> windsor park for anyone who doesn't know is this nice field with the two baseball fields a playground a giant green pasture uh, in two elementary schools where... But more ev- importantly, it had a giant wooden fence yes. with a row of bushes in front of it. I think they were even pine trees at one point. or I mean, yeah, maybe so just... It was, it was like pine trees with bushes, bushes. in between them. And so, so you could just go hang out behind these bushes. And the landscapers, as kind as these fellas were, they would trim it in a way so you could fit several bodies in between the fence and the brush and the trees. And so it, it was a fortress... Where people could go smoke weed on the weekends. You literally, like, you guys were a couple of years older than us, so it was like our group, we'd go there, you'd go, you'd be like, crawl behind the bushes, and there'd already be somebody from your grade chilling there. 
Yeah, like always. John, yeah. Like Johnny would be Usually sitting Johnny. there yeah, with somebody right. else. They'd be playing the acoustic guitar and already smoking. And it was actually with our joy. <laughs> it was great time. Funny you bring that up. I was just thinking about that very guitar that Johnny would walk around with. It was miniature and it was meant for <laughs> children because it was my uh, classical acoustic guitar that I grew oh, up that's with. Right when you were a kid, and, and when you I was first a kid, played. and I gave it that's to him because right. he didn't have a guitar. And Johnny, he had some, you know, wild ADHD and didn't take the drugs. Instead, took like mushrooms and acid and smoked <laughs> weed and drank heavily. You know, that was kind of his ADHD <laughs> made medication. And he would just be zombified out on some substance, wandering the streets of our neighborhood, holding this miniature classical or guitar. Riding, dude, he would ride the bike no hands. No that hands. That was his move. Yes. No hand play, strumming the guitar. Like a wild <laughs> man. And he would play it in a fashion that you have never seen. Like, no other human being has played guitar like he would play in those days. Yeah, it was great, though. He would get a good jam going. He would get a wildly fantastical jam going, and it would be hard to play with him because he would be playing a guitar insanely out of tune and playing <laughs> oh, yeah. playing chord formations that didn't exist in any musical book in the entire universe. And, and just wild combinations of that would produce this incredible sound, and we'd all be just hanging out outside smoking weed and drinking by a fire or whatever, and yeah, Johnny would just show up, man. You're right. Riding the bike handless. Show up out of nowhere. Or he'd already be, <laughs> he lived right behind that wooden fence. So that was really funny. Yeah, so if you found yourself with a group of dudes... And by the way, this is the best part, which we're not even like identifying here. This is when nobody had phones. And so you'd, right. you'd leave with your crew, and then you would just wander town and then find other crews wandering town, dude. Oh, so fun. <laughs> dude, I used to leave the house sometimes on my bike, and you just hit the spot. Yes. To try to find somebody. You'd go to the usual spots and hang, man. That's you'd find somebody <laughs> hanging out there. You'd be like, oh, this isn't the group I wanted to find, but it's what I got. You We're going to hang out. And you guys got some weed? <laughs> like, yeah, no, 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 that was literally it. Or you're the guy that shows up with weed and everyone wants to be your friend. It's incredible yeah. how it used <laughs> to work. Man. The bushes. Hey, man, join the circle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the best part about Windsor was at the end of the wooden fence, it took like a 45-degree angle into the field for about 10 feet. And behind that angle, it created like this little triangle-like area with a metal fence that had a gate. To Johnny's and backyard, to actually. Johnny's backyard. <laughs> and the best part was the cops, they would like drive on the field to try to stop you from running around that 45, you know, jut out. But you would, dude, as soon as you saw him, everybody would be running along that fence behind the bushes. That's right. All you had to do was get through that gate. If you got through the gate, you were in the clear. Because then you could, you could either yeah. hop fences into other yards yeah. or you could cross the street. Once you hit Kensington, you're good. Like, one, once was... you um got es- once you escaped through the gate of Johnny's yard, you would be able to run past his house either left or right. It was an open clearing, and then you could jettison to any which street that existed and, and escape into the nothingness of the suburban. You could even you could even hit the backyards, and then you end up at the cheap the uh, the apartments. Yes, yeah, we had like the Section Eight apartments right there. The, the Mexican Dryden apartments. That's right, man. <laughs> we all know who lived there. They were all Mexicans. They were Section Eight. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, a lot of Polacks uh, live in there as well, I recall. But, uh, yeah, good call, Section 8. Uh, man, that is wild times. You know, escaping the cops in that very field is how the uh, well-known band, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, out of um, Arlington Heights, <laughs> wrote the song Crocodiles in Space. So if you ever want to hear oh. a uh, musical rendition of what it's like to uh, escape the cops in that moment, uh, somewhere out there you can find, probably in the archive.org, uh, little joint chiefs of staff and the crocodiles in space oh, specifically I song but i remember it being great written uh the lyrics are written about uh us escaping the cops except for arpin uh getting arrested and busted uh <laughs> we had a friend arpin who would just take a, a few too many and always get busted by the cops it was horrible the guy lived a nightmare of a high school experience and he was grounded from about 1999 to 2006 <laughs> But we grew up in different times, man. I feel sorry for these Gen Zers and the young kids now. They're just, uh, it's tough to be young. And I was thinking about that. Like, do you remember, like, we all had the kid who had the divorced parents. That's and right. That was the house you could, like, party at. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> That's then you right. brought up Arpin. Like, we all had, like, that foreign kid whose parents were just way overly strict. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like I remember when we when you threw the party at the house and then Arpin showed up the party dude that house almost collapsed everybody went so crazy <laughs> you know what I mean it was like he made it he escaped he's here <laughs> and it was like but we all had that kid in the group you know what I mean his mom let him out. You know? Simpler times, man. Before the dude, phones. I remember Brian. I talked about him on the podcast before with Irene. We'd fucking. He, he told his mom he was just going out for the night. She told him he couldn't go to the concert. But we drove to go see uh, Dave Matthews' band at Alpine. Wow. And, and then we fucking, we were like, it was like 1130. And he was like begging us to take him home. <laughs> <laughs> we're fucking flying like 90 miles per hour down Route 12 trying to get him home before curfew. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, like that, man. That's the days, man. Well, nowadays, I can't imagine. Oh, I'm dropping everything. Uh -oh. Yeah, we had, a, we had a little bit of a mistake there. Oh, all right, we're, we're coming back. I think the bowl is still good. Good deal. Uh, I dropped the phone on the bowl. The bowl flipped up into the air. No weed fell out, though, folks, so don't Ooh. you fret. That's how you know it's sticky. That's that sticky icky. The sticky icky, yes, sir. Uh, so tough to be young, mm. and I can't. Oh, did I tell you what I bought today? Oh, I can't wait. Man, I went to the dispensary. I knew they'd have a good holiday deal. Yeah, they were dropping the the big deals this week. Absolutely. Not only twenty five percent off, but uh, legacy. <clears throat> they did a. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> a holiday special. It's a flight of concentrate. Wow. I thought you would like that. I've never seen it before. You know what's crazy is when I first moved to Colorado, this is about 2008-ish, um, they were still in the infancy of the weed market being um, legal, and it was you had to get your card. I got my card, and then when you got it, you had to have a caregiver. And so I picked the green room or the greenest green. It was down in Pearl Street in Boulder. And I walked in for the first time after having gone to this 
pseudo non-doctor, uh, just a dude in a white shirt, or you know, who like who's like, what you, Doctor Nick from The Simpsons? Yes, it was Doctor Nick, and he's like, you got headaches? Here you go, man. Literally, Thanks, what it was, Doctor Nick. Exactly the scenario. So I'm walking in with my Doctor Nick medical card. And I go into the green as green or the green room, whatever it was, and I walk in, and the dude is like, oh, you want to try this? And it was something I'd never seen before, and it was a dab. And he had a dab rig there, and they had a giant vent, and I did several different tastings of dabs. Wow. And then somehow... In my zombification, purchased a bunch of weed and dabs, and I got T-shirts. I spent, like, thousands of dollars. I was so high, I had no idea what was going on. And uh, I walked out of there, and I'll never forget that the weed industry has descended into horribleness since then. But I, that was one of the greatest moments, and that's that reminded me of it, which is, uh, you know— I wish we that's could go amazing. back there. Oh, it was incredible. Tasting uh, before— no, no, that- you kind of just actually you tapped into exactly what I was going to say about it was because I never before. So you always go to these places and you see like the concentrate. Well, yeah, got, you got the You got the rosin jam. We got the butter. We got the cr- cookies and cream version or whatever it is. You know what I mean? And it's oh, like, yeah. What the fuck's the difference? So what they did with this flight is it's all this one kind of weed, which is called like rainbow flower or something. I forgot. All but, right. Uh, so it's all from the same plant, but then they gave you the different kinds. So you have the live rosin, wax, jam, and then the uh, something and I think something, I don't yeah, know, shatter, but, wax, whatever. I think, shatter. Yeah, they did the different kinds. And that's it's like a brilliant one's made idea. With no solvent. One yeah. made with the BHO extract. It's it's awesome because I've never actually been able to get those different kinds and actually see which one I like better. What a great idea. That's a genius concept, and I hope people can expand on that going forward. You know, there's a lot of opportunity in the cannabis industry, man. Uh, A lot of places they can go with it. The extracts is the way to go. I think, you know, here in Colorado, we have seen a year over a year decline in sales, and um, I think uh, from 2021, we're 40% down. Wow. Wow. what the lesson should be learned to all these other places around the country is uh, find your little kind of market, find your zone, and get into the concentrates, man. The places that are doing the best right now are the ones who really specialized and got really good at doing something very, you know, specific. You know well, what I'm who's saying? Gonna, who, who can afford it to keep your it, – it's the, it's, the, it's the working people, right? Yeah. And that's what you need to – the professionals – Take it from me, man. I'm not saying I'm a professional, but I work in a professional field. I cannot walk in smelling like weed, right? But I'm hungover. I need to take a dab before I go, you know? <laughs> this is why so, we need the fart vape. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, that's why dabs are great, because they don't stink. You don't walk in smelling like weed. Yeah, but what know? about a, 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 like a vape pen that smells like farts? Come on, man. I don't want to smell like farts either. <laughs> I kind of want to smell like nothing, you know? <laughs> that's why you know i do the e-rig the e-rig is the best thing ever because you can control the heat i think you gotta we gotta combine the 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 weed vape stuff with like calvin klein maybe we can get uh what's his name savage in here no because that just it hurts your throat when it tastes like this yeah you don't want that in your throat what about a food flavor one like sausage? <laughs> 
I'm sure your kind would like that. If you oh, three corners. I keep coming out, people. <laughs> well, I got a, the new generational stuff, and we're, we're still on it with these vape pens. I'm sure the older uh, boomer folk out there are wondering what we're talking about um, with that. But either way, uh, I came across something. Mike, I know you're a fella out there uh, who is familiar with what it's like to be in the dating world these days. I have some friends currently who are still kind of in the scene, and they're giving me horror stories day in, day out. Um, So apparently Tinder still a thing. Do you know or see people doing the Tinder? Is that still popular amongst uh, anyone that you know? I don't know. See, I'm 36 and actually seriously trying to find a wife, so I'm not on Tinder. Okay, and but you go to these classes, right? Like you're around people who are younger. Like, are, do you see yeah. these people engaging on these uh the bim the bum bimble bumble the the bumble, Tinder? Bumble, yeah, but it's all just people trying to get laid. Yeah, if you're trying to get laid, it's a great place. Well, apparently, uh, they're upping the ante on the Tinder. This blew my mind. It could cost you more to meet that next hottie to hook up with. Oh, boy. What? Also, listen to the way these women report on this. They, uh, they say some really interesting things. A third of people using dating apps pay for them. This is according to Pew Research. Uh, Tinder, Bumble, other apps are rolling out new <laughs> premium subscriptions to keep users locked in to uh, find love. Lord. For example, Tinder charging up to $500 a month per user mm-hmm. to see people uh, that you swipe left on. Mm-hmm. Again, removing ads and giving you uh, what's called a passport feature to see profiles anywhere in the world. Bro, $500 a month for Tinder? Uh, yeah, dude. What? <laughs> Spend that $500 a month on a gym membership <laughs> and you won't need Tinder. <laughs> it's actually out of your 500 Actually, they bring on this dating expert lady. Listen to what this chick says. Not just your area, your immediate proximity. But don't fret. There are lower cost discount options you can take advantage of to meet your potential partner. If I'm going to pay money for a dating app to help me find Mr. Wonderful, I'm going to pay those services that are not on an app. I mean, they're the concierge services, thousands and thousands of dollars. I ain't paying 500 500 What's that going to get you for today? For Tinder. For a basic for dude? For Tinder. On Tinder? You're on kidding. Tinder. Right. No offense, Tinder. Or dude. We love you. Did you hear what that lady said? I, I, that's the biggest a- problem is you're looking for, I don't know what these women are looking for in men. What about men? On, I think these apps are for men mostly. And did you just hear this lady? She described all you dudes on Tinder right there. She called you basic dudes on Tinder. <laughs> That's a great call. <laughs> Did you hear that? I want everybody out there who's on every man out there who thinks they're finding anything on Tinder. Listen to how this woman on TV just described you. I mean, they're the concierge services, thousands and thousands of dollars. I ain't paying 500, 500. What's that going to get you for today? Tinder for a basic for dude for Tinder on Tinder. You're on Tinder. Me. Right. No offense, Tinder or dude. we love you. No <laughs> offense, Tinder or dudes. She said, <laughs> no offense, dudes. Basic. You basic dude men over there on the Tinder. Uh, behalf of all dudes, no offense taken. We don't want you either. No, we're. <laughs> you tell uh, I don't want to hide. I don't want these fucking. Uh, man. I think I have a little Tinder. more. <laughs> right. If you're gonna pay five hundred a month, get a coach. Get yes. like personal yes. trainers for your dating life at Smart Hello. Dating Academy. Yeah, for your dating life. No, 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 no. folks. If you got five hundred dollars uh. to put onto Tinder, 
put it towards a gym membership, Mike, you're right, or some sort of personal trainer. Get fit. Feel better about yourself. Go it, uh, redo your wardrobe. Look good. No, feel good. Come stop. on. All do something. Is, and even that, everything we just said, everything you just said, all of that is so shallow. Take that $500 and find something you like to do. Go, just go do something you like to do. <laughs> Will you find a girl? I don't know. But at least you'll be doing something you like to do, and you'll probably become a better person. You'll probably like yourself more, and you'll probably start enjoying your life more. And, you know, our neighbor, we grew up with a wing, uh, uh, a neighbor wing. He was one of the smartest men ever. And uh, I remember one day I was complaining, I was not complaining, but we were talking, and I was telling him how, like, I kind of felt like a loser because I was 32. Right. No girlfriend, <laughs> oh, you know yeah. what I mean, and everything. Uh-huh. And he said, uh, well, I didn't even get married until I was 35. Up until then, I figured I'm a loser and miserable. What's the point of bringing somebody else into this and making them <laughs> miserable? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> uh, that's a very uh, fair assessment and a kind of a uh, you know brilliant way to look at, at the world, right? I, I need something. Oh, I need to be able to offer something first. And that's just what, that's what I'm saying. If you're so miserable and lonely that you're going out on Tinder and spending five hundred dollars on Tinder. You're miserable. Even if you do happen to trick somebody into coming into your world, you're both just going to be miserable together because you haven't done anything to fix your problem. Well, I tell so you, spend yeah. that five hundred dollars on fixing yourself. Just start enjoying your life. You should be able to enjoy your. You should be enjoying yourself, whether or not you have somebody. Five hundred dollars a month, to. man. That is six thousand dollars a year. There, you could uh, learn how to ski, and then probably meet someone skiing. Skiing. You could do anything. You know what I mean? And, and you, like you said, you'll, what you need to do is go start trying hobbies, find something you like, and then, yeah, you're right, you'll probably meet somebody doing something you like, and then guess what? You and that person have like similar interests. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Right? You, you didn't if, have if to you spend $500 on Tinder, you're going to meet somebody who also likes spending their time on Tinder. Neither one of you are good people. It's almost like I would love to do a science experiment. And give, like, one guy the same amount of money as the other guy, and the one dude can only do it on Twitter, and the other guy can spend it on a hobby, and we'll see who meets the woman of their dreams first. Oh, yeah, good call. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I, I almost guarantee a hobby guy, at least, maybe if he doesn't meet someone, he probably got off his ass and had some more fun. The hobby guy is not going to fuck 12 women, Right? He might meet one woman that he really gets along with. That he fucks 12 times. That he fucks 12 times. The Tinder <laughs> guy is going to get to fuck 12 women and just, you know, still feel everything he feels afterwards. I don't know. Tinder it's, Tinder's one of the things that really ruined our culture. Oh, man. That's- I'm telling you, the cell phones, the swiping left and right, the I'm going to just not go. To, I'm not going to go out and meet people. I'm just going to sit here. I can't handle it dude to me tinder dating is equivalent to sticking the shot in your body and losing the weight and melting away yeah oh tinder is the reason why you you talk to some of these girls and you're just like whoa who do you think you are (laughs) (laughs) oh jennifer aniston here take it down a notch yeah every chick out there deserves a dude who has six figures and is six five right that's how. That's it what, works. Yeah, yeah. Who do, yeah, but you're a fucking five three hobbit. 
who's 40 pounds overweight and no job. Like, like, Listen, Frumpy, you're going to have to settle for what you get, actually. It's, probably, <laughs> it's gonna happen. <laughs> you're lucky to have a 577. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Plus, John Ham over here ain't looking for you. All right, for let me you? tell you yeah, that, no. dude. Exactly. <laughs> you're a four. <laughs> the dating app is one of the worst things that happened to our culture. I mean, I don't know what the eHarmony thing is about, but I do feel like uh, this the cheapened version of it. With, I don't know. I, again, there's something... I equate this so much to weight loss or being in shape or just... There's just a mentality to living your life where either you want to just sit back and let it come to you or you're the person who wants to go out there and get it and earn it. Yeah, it's the same thing as the weight loss. It's the same thing as Ozempic in that I have this problem. I can't lose weight. I have this problem. I can't find a lover. And there should be this solution out there that doesn't force me to change my ways. Right. Right? It should just accommodate me being what I want to be. It's crazy. It's, it's weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I've, I see us now. All right, this American culture of ours here in 2023, look at us, right? We want to look better, so we shoot ourselves with this semeglitude drug or whatever <laughs> it is, and, and it's, you know, liquefying our insides just so that way we can take really hot selfies and put them onto the onto the uh, Tinder that we're dishing out 500 bucks a month for, so that way hopefully some dude out there, this phantom fairy tale man that I'm questing after, who's 6'5 with the six figures, who's also perusing Tinder, right? Uh, I'm going to find this guy, this dream dude, and, and uh, my whole life will be better. Yeah, and it's the funniest thing, because you're all going after these six-foot guys who are on Tinder because they're six foot and they know they could just plow through pussy on Tinder. Let me flip the script a little for the fellas out there uh, looking for the hot Asian with the big tits and the tiny waist and the huge ass, the badonkadonk ass, right? Like, it ain't out there and it ain't happening for you. Those chicks are banging the NBA stars. All right, like, like, stop questing after these cartoonish animation like level humans. They don't exist for people, man. It's crazy, and that's the worst part about Tinder and all these dating apps. Is oh, I'm putting out my preferences for what I want. Like, who in their right mind went out there 30 years ago with their preferences and dated? Yeah, and it's purely just cosmetic bullshit. It's all just exterior. It's completely superficial. You know? Absolutely. Deep. It's it's I don't know. It, it totally is, man. It's mind-blowing to me. Like now I'm going to dish out all the more my I, I have no knowledge of what's going on in these dating apps uh to be totally honest, and I had no idea until I heard this uh news segment that people were even paying like exorbitant amount of monies for this, let alone, like, even just a... What oh, yeah, a waste! They, they, have, they, they have the best model. I mean, this literally plays at our most primal instincts. Even if you know it's I mean? $10 if you're, if you're a, a man who wants to plow through pussy, all you gotta do is pay 500 bucks. And if you're a woman who's looking for love, just pay 500 bucks. 
Now, the guy you fall in love with is just trying to plow through pussy, but who cares? <laughs> right? Oh, man. I, that's why I don't know. I, I can't believe any woman would go on these apps. Because, it, it, you know. I personally just don't think there are any on Tinder. I think Tinder is bots and lonely dudes. I think no, the chicks. Women. There's, a, there's have you seen? Women have you seen the advertisements out there for these apps? They're dating apps for uh, you have to verify, like, your bank account as a man. And then you log in, and there's chicks that go in there looking for rich dudes. Those yeah. are the dating apps that you want to be a part of. You don't want to be a dude on t- Tinder. You heard how that chick described people. Like, that's the <laughs> that's how women see the dudes on Tinder. But you don't even want to be on those other apps either. You know, I'm kind of at a point now where it's, it sucks almost because you spent, <clears throat> I spent all these years, like, trying to do the right thing, save my money, not go into debt, work hard, build a career, do all that. And then now what I find a girl, what I'm supposed to take on her debts, just let her spend all my money because she spent her twenties out there partying and fucking around, you know, I guess so. Yeah. It's like, it's like a terrible, I don't know. And then do you really want to marry a girl who spent her twenties on Tinder? Yeah. No, no, dude. I, I'm telling you, our culture has been corrupted. The the dating apps, the destruction of the nuclear family, the idea yeah. of that you know everybody's supposed to be out there with the free love and the free living, and uh, if we're not making it in life, well, it's not our fault, man. We're the victim here. It's the it's the institution's fault, right? This is systemic. Huh, you know, like, that's why I'm not succeeding in life, and that's why I'm not happy. It has nothing to do with the fact that I didn't cultivate any kind of family relationships or any kind of uh, community, <laughs> right? Nothing to do with that, no. Well, that's the best part. Like, you hear all these girls who are like, I want a man who's 6'5", five, and he makes six figures. It's like, okay, but are you a woman who's going to take care of the house? Oh, I don't need a I don't need a woman that's going to hire a landscaper and a maid. <laughs> I need a woman that's going to clean the house. Also, if you're into the dude making the ton of money there, are you satisfied being at home when he's traveling the world, having a great time with all his pals? Probably fucking underage hookers. <laughs> Absolutely. You know he's on that Lolita Express. hey Yeah! You know what I mean? Suddenly that 577 is not looking too bad. That plumber <laughs> who just comes home dirty just wants to take a shower. You know what I mean? Oh, man. Well, I think we got a little time. I can squeeze it in. I sent you a clip of it the other day. Chicago hitting the news in the mainstream when it comes to the migrant migration happening out of Texas. Uh, The border Mm -hmm. getting overwhelmed big time. And I was thinking of you when I saw this. Uh, Apparently now we're no longer bussing these guys out. And by the way, here in Denver, uh, folks, if you want to see what's happening with this migrant situation, please go on over to Spear uh, Boulevard, I believe, and, uh, oh, man, I, a Uni, I, I want to say, or Zuni and Spear. Uh, that's where they are receiving busload after busload of migrants, and they're encamping over there. It is shocking uh, if you happen to drive by. And not only that, uh, we now are being blessed with a phenomenon I had only seen previously in Baltimore, which is uh, over on Santa Fe and Alameda. We got our own squeegee boys now. And for anyone from the Baltimore, Maryland area uh, that knows about what happens when you get the squeegee boys, you get the crime. 
All right, so the squeegee yeah. boys is not a good thing. So Denver, congratulations being your uh, self-declared sanctuary city. We now have overwhelming encampment going on on Spear and Zuni, and we have the squeegee boys over on Santa Fe. Good times had by all, and I can only imagine Chicago's worse because they've been getting the brunt force of this uh, forced migration. Apparently, Abbott uh, over there in Texas flying migrants to Chicago. At the southern border, we have now seen three straight days of record crossings by migrants entering this country. And now the Republican governor of Texas is sending migrants by air from the border to Chicago, sparking a war of words. Here's Guad Venegas. Tonight, Texas Governor Greg Abbott releasing this video of state officials flying roughly 100 migrants from the Texas border to Chicago after Chicago officials started finding buses that made previous trips. Abbott writing, until Biden steps up to secure the border, we will continue to provide overwhelmed Texas border towns with much needed relief. Abbott blames Biden's border policies for the record numbers of migrants. Chicago's mayor firing back. They're just dropping all people anywhere. Do you understand how, how raggedy and how evil that is? Meanwhile, migrants are still arriving in Eagle Pass, Texas with massive crowds in this field. Over 12,000 migrants per day crossing the border for three straight days now. The highest daily numbers ever recorded, three DHS officials tell NBC News. A record 27,000 migrants are now being detained in CBP facilities where they will be processed and most will be released in the U.S. With Customs and Border Protection completely overwhelmed, thousands of migrants have to wait in this field, many sleeping overnight in these cold temperatures, which is creating a humanitarian crisis as large groups continue arriving from Mexico. We spoke with this group of migrants from Venezuela. So he says a lot of the people are dehydrated because they've walked for hours. He walked 30 hours, so when they arrive at the field here in the U.S., they get sick. First response crews working nonstop to attend to the migrants in medical need. The ER receiving more than double the amount of patients they can handle. They are beyond their capability because that's not what they were set up to do. And Guad, President Biden had a phone call with Mexico's president today. Do we know what was said? Lester, both presidents agreed that actions need to be taken in both countries. So in the next few days, we can expect DHS Secretary Mayorkas and Secretary of State Blinken to travel to Mexico. All right. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> They're going to Mexico. <clears throat> so funny. Get some tamales. Um, you, so, you know where they started flying them in? I want to hear this. I'm This excited. is hilarious. Yes. Uh, Chicago decided that they were breaking the law. By dropping off immigrants here. So they started impounding the buses. Wow. And because they figured the... So for those that don't know, if you get anything impounded in Chicago, it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> just, just trying to find the impound. Grew up in Chicago, lived here my whole life, still can't find it. <laughs> It's like on this like sub lower Wacker Drive. Oh wow, of course. <laughs> Getting towed Have you been there? I've been towed in Chicago. It's an amp it's a nightmare. There's have you no been to that tow yard? Dude, it's like a one way. You have to hit it from this weird entrance off of lower Wacker. Wow. It's like crazy. I don't think I've been to that one, but I have been towed uh back in the band days. We had uh, our band van towed accidentally. <laughs> so we wow. had to- and to pull that sucker out, and it was a uh, 
was bad news. It, it cost a lot of money. This was not Bidenomics, so it didn't uh, derail us. But, um, you know, yeah. The, the towing situation is insane in Chicago. They are quick to pull any vehicle off of any spot at any time. <laughs> so they figured the owners of the buses were in Texas. And you have to be the owner to get it out of impound. So they figured they would impound the buses, and then the owners would have to come from Texas to get them out. Wow. All right. And, and that would buy them time. <laughs> but right. Greg Abbott just said, fuck it, we'll start flying them. You can't impound the plane. Yes, man. <laughs> And I got to say, Johnson, Johnston, Johnson, doesn't doesn't sound like the most educated mayor out there. I got to throw that out there. We didn't vote him in because he's educated. We vote him in because he's black. (laughs) Frankie's black and he lives in the Austin neighborhood. What more do you need to know? Dude, when you check boxes, man, you get Johnson there in Chicago. You get Kamala Harris and the VP. It's just so obvious when you check a box. How No, Johnson was not the most educated person there. Person that ran for mayor. He was the most educated black person compared to the other black person (laughs) that was running. We had to vote for one of the black people. It's just it's striking to me when you see it. You know what I'm saying? The checkbox. Yeah, when you hear him talk, it's almost like he has no idea what he's doing. No idea. But don't worry. He's going to lose the next election. I'm sure they got a spot for him at Harvard That's next right. to Lori Lightfoot to teach the future politicians on how, to, on how to fail but be a Democrat. Yes, man. It's absolutely mind-blowing to me that these people are elected and they don't seem even educated anymore. We, we've gone down this spiral to the point where these are people who can't even formulate sentences properly, and they're speaking yeah. for the voters. I mean, I got to say, Johnson kind of represents Chicago in a lot of ways, which is sad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He probably can't read at grade level <laughs> or do math. His argument, though, was just so childish-sounding in that clip compared to Abbott. And by the way, my favorite part about Abbott, and I think this is why the media is having such a hard time covering him, because they don't want to be ableist. He's a guy guy in a wheelchair. And so you could just kind of see how they're really (laughs) struggling to make this guy a villain. You know what I mean? Like... Oh, if Abbott starts identifying as a black lesbian, he will be the next uh, Democratic <laughs> presidential candidate. <laughs> Swear to God. It's, I just, every news piece about Abbott, they are struggling immensely to make him this horrible villain because if they cross a certain you know, line verbally, right, or, you know... Uh, it's like they're balancing on this scale where, you know what I'm saying? They're so close to being ableist, and they're the party of ableism. You know, I'm really sick of Governor Wheels over there. No, 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 not because he's in a wheelchair, because of the buses. Because of the buses. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's just so yeah, much. You can't say anything. I'm telling huh? you, I keep following this Abbott thing. You know, he, he did something. He passed a law where now they're going to arrest people for just being a migrant for, or being suspect of illegal. Migrant. Yeah. Well, by definition, you broke the law to get in here. So they're going to start 
you know, I I don't know if you no, saw it's not this, even but... the wheel, it's not even the wheelchair. They just have a real hard time with this whole situation <laughs> because they can't admit they're trying to say he's wrong. Yes. But even Democrats are looking at it like you guys are keeping the border open and you said you were a sanctuary. Right. If if you open the border to giraffes and then you claim you are a giraffe sanctuary, don't be mad when we start sending giraffes to your giraffe sanctuary. Yes. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And, and I cannot stress enough, uh, we have Denver and Chicago and New York. We remember Mayor Adams. He didn't have any more vacancy. There's just no more room <laughs> no in New York more, City, man. The whole city. The whole city. <laughs> the place that had the greatest exodus of human beings. You know what, dude? I just saw it the other day, the uh, Seinfeld. Where the Costanzas Costanzas decide to move to uh, Boca Vista, yes, Florida. Yes, man. And this, these Seinfelds are like, nope, no room, not one condo. <laughs> <laughs> and all of Boca Vista, <laughs> all of Boca Vista. That's New York, man. Not one room. There is no vacancy for these migrants. There, you know, but uh. You've declared yourself sanctuary cities that happened here. You know, we're having a crisis with the migrants and with the homelessness, and the crime is going through the roof, and nobody seems to remember, because we're goldfish, that just a year ago, Jared Polis and the other jackass who was uh, governor or uh, mayor of Denver, they went on TV and said, we're a sanctuary city. Come on, bring them down. So yeah. this is what we get. This is what Frank- you get Chicago. It says on the Statue of Liberty, give me your poor. That's give right. Give me your hungry. Yeah, yeah, you're right on the money, too. I but, hate I, uh, all these Democrats, man. What did you expect when you said sanctuary? That's what I can't get over is the sanctuary proclamation. And all of a sudden, mm. we're overrun. Oh, well, there's the problem. The Democrats never read the Bible. Uh, they never read the Bible. If you read the Bible, you might know what sanctuary meant. Oh, no, they believe in one thing and one thing only. Mike, science! <laughs> oh, Fauci. That's right. Fauci is the science. How can I forget? Fa- Fauci and Neil DeGee. Yeah.